One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors outlasted the Orlando Magic. And I really mean outlasted because the Raptors had a 17-point lead at some point in the fourth quarter. And the Magic made it a one-possession game. But the Raptors made just enough plays to secure a 98-93 to victory on a humid and stormy Friday night at the Amway Center. Um, I mean, first off, to be honest, just when you're on the internet and stuff, at least for me, I don't really encounter a lot of Magic fans. And then walking around here the last couple of days in Orlando... I just didn't run into many Magic fans. You don't see much Magic, you know, signage. And so it almost gives the impression that uh, the Magic are not a very well-supported team. That was not the case, though, when you when you got into the arena. That arena was loud. It was bumping. It was, uh, I mean, uh, first off, it was one of the loudest game ops you've ever heard. It's like twice as loud as the Scotiabank, if you can believe that. But, um, you know, it was a hostile, it was a hostile environment. They were really excited. And, uh, and you know, they should be. I mean, the Magic, this is their first uh you know, home playoff game in seven years and the fans showed up, um, you know, the magic though, I mean, they just, they, they start quarters really poorly. So they start games really poorly, to be honest. Um, and, and really, you know, part of it's a function of the Raptors starting lineup. They play really well. And, um, you know, they, they just sort of have answers for everything the magic do. But, um, you know, part of it is also just the Magic's just, honestly, they haven't really come out completely prepared to execute and play. They sort of like to feel their way throughout a game. Um, it's happened all three games. I mean, the most uh, obvious example would have been game two when the Raptors, like, held the Magic t- without a basket for the first five minutes before, I think, Aaron Gordon got a putback. It's kind of the same deal, this one. For, Magic didn't have a bucket, save for a Jonathan Isaac putback in the first four minutes as the Raptors raced out to a 10 nothing lead, but... um you know, from then on, it became this sort of like back and forth affair, sort of a nip tuck thing where, you know, Raptors will go on a run and then Orlando will go on a run and Raptors will go on a run and Orlando will go on a run. And the Raptors are up, you know, on top for most of the game. But, um, you know, it was one of those games where, uh, again, you have Tony Brothers officiating and, uh, you know, you tend to run into problems. Uh, you wouldn't have known it based on the reaction in the crowd. It was actually really funny to watch Magic fans in action. It kind of makes you a little bit more self aware because, you know, as Raptors fans, obviously we you know, gripe about the officials a lot. But I mean, the, if anything, the officials really favor the Magic tonight. Um, you know, first off, the Raptors were called for 23 personal fouls, as compared to 17 for the Magic. And the last one, uh, the 17th foul was intentional, so it really was 16. Um, you know, and uh, the Magic shot 23 free throws. The Raptors 10, and again, two of those were intentional, so it really is 23 to eight. And um, you know, there was two instances where Gasol got elbowed in the face by Vucevic and um, Kyle got elbowed in the face by MCW. That 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 feels like a fight in the making, to be honest. MCW has been super, super um, upset at Kyle Lowry. And big mad is, I think, the correct term for it. He's been big mad at Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry is, I mean, he's, it's, he's a frustrating player to play against. I can see that. I mean, because there was a flop that kind of preceded that. But, you know, neither of those plays were even reviewed. Which, you know, nowadays in the NBA, every single elbow to the face is reviewed. Now that I'm reviewed, but, you know, the Magic fans booed the replays of the Raptors getting elbowed in the face, which is kind of funny to me. And also, they were chanting, Ref, you suck at multiple points, despite 
like I mentioned, <laughs> them holding a 23 to 8 um, free throw advantage. But really, what really hurt the Raptors wasn't even necessarily the disparity in free throws. It was the fact that Marc Gasol got into foul trouble really early in the third quarter. It felt like one of those games where, uh, obviously, you know, Gasol has had a lot of success against uh, uh, Vucevic, and, and I wrote about that. Uh, you know, you should read that on Yak Sports Canada. Uh, the piece is called Marc Gasol is the Raptors' unsung hero. But, you know, it, and it was, it was early in the game, it was shaping up to be one of those situations, right? Like the Magic, you know, talked about for basically two days how to get Vucevic going because he had only had like 16 points on like six of. 21 shooting or 17 points on six of 21 shooting uh with like five turnovers and six assists in the first two games and so you know they you know they obviously came in prepared for more looks for Vucevic but quite honestly none of that really worked like the first possession of the game they ran like a pick and pop for Vucevic and he took a contested mid-range shot like Raptors are happily you know give him those that's not a solution to anything and then just him against Gasol, he was turning the ball over. He just wasn't getting anything in the post. He was, you know, tossing up these jumpers that just didn't have a prayer of going in. And so, you know, Gasol was having a great, great, uh, another great effort against Vucevic. And also Gasol was, you know, hitting his jumpers, you know, him on the, the baseline pick and pop, uh, you know, the, the, the mid-range pick and pop, the three-point line. Like, he was doing a lot of great things. Obviously, active hands, another four steals tonight. Rarely do you see a center get four steals, and he's done that two games in a row. But... Gasol picked up two quick fouls with uh, just three minutes into the third quarter there. That uh, saddled him with four, and uh, that forced him to the bench. Uh, Nick Nurse decided to go a little bit conservative and put Gasol on the bench. At that point, the Raptors still had kind of control of the game. They started the third quarter really strong, you know, had like three unasked baskets to sort of extend the lead. But uh, as soon as Gasol left the game, Vucevic started going, and tonight Vucevic had his best game. Of um, the playoffs so far, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 7 of 13 shooting, 2 of 5. And it's not a coincidence that uh, a lot of that came because, you know, Gasol's only played 26 minutes. Gasol so far on the series has been able to match Vucevic for the most part in minutes played. But because of foul trouble, Gasol goes to the bench. And it's just not the same. Like, uh, you know, Gasol has, you know, the the bulk to sort of body up on Vucevic down low and sort of push him farther away from the basket so he can't catch it down low, Um, you know. Gasol also has quick hands to sort of slap down at Vucevic. Uh, but, you know, that sometimes gets him in trouble as well. But the fact that he got four steals, I mean, you can't really argue with it. Uh, and, you know, Gasol is just, more than anything else, has really good defensive positioning, defensive awareness. And, um, yeah, I mean, Gasol not being in the game uh, and Ibaka being there instead, it's just really allowed Vucevic to go off. Like, Vucevic you know, sees red when he sees Ibaka, and he, he just goes right at him. And it, the, the results, I mean, they, they completely, you know, support that decision. I mean, just Gasol has done a great job. Ibaka has not at all. And uh, Vucevic comes in, um, you know, starts basically going off. I mean, he starts hitting threes all of a sudden. He, he, had, he really hasn't really been knocking those down for the most part in the series. Um, you know, gets a couple baskets down low. And again, it's not even that's just that, like um, – you know, Vucevic was that much more aggressive. It was just he was able to operate so uh, effectively down low because, again, Ibaka's just not pushing him out of any space. Ibaka's not a physical defender. Ibaka likes to, you know, play in space and block your shot, but he doesn't really like to bang bodies the way Gasol does. And so Vucevic really got going. Um, that gave the rat, the Magic a huge boost. And it's not even just, like, a, a huge boost in terms of in the game. It was a huge boost in the sense that, you know, the Magic fans, like, they love Vucevic. I didn't realize how much they loved him. I mean, I figured they do because, you know, obviously he's like their, 
their only all-star and he had a great year and stuff like that, but they love Vucevic. Like any chance they had, they were chanting MVP for him. Kind of the same way that, you know, how at the, uh, at Scotiabank, you know, everyone went crazy when Kyle had that free throw in game two to sort of encourage him. You know, they were trying to do that with Vucevic, but they, they genuinely mean it. Like they're chanting MVP every time it goes to the line. And this is Nick Vucevic we're talking about. Um, and so, you know, Vuce gets going, he gets the crowd and he hits a couple threes. The Magic take the lead. And from there, I'm thinking, this is not looking well because, because uh, uh, you know, this is one of those games where Kawhi just had an awful, awful game. And, uh, he, you know, he still had 16 points, but if you look at the stat line, 5 of 19 from the field, 0 of 3 from deep, 6 turnovers. I mean, it, this is not playoff Kawhi. And, and Nick Nurse kind of explained after the game that, you know, Kawhi's been under the weather and he hasn't practiced the last couple of days, which, you know, I can, I, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, although it doesn't quite explain the decision making, but in any case, this is not a game where Kawhi had it going. The Magic were really coming on strong at that point. Kyle wasn't scoring that much anyway, and so it was sort of like who's going to step up. And I and I kind of openly wondered aloud up uh, on Twitter, and the two guys that really responded were Danny Green, who um, you know hit a three in the third quarter, uh, also had a putback and you know uh, snuck back door on a little quick uh, pick and roll play where he left the corner to to. Get, Go under the rim and he and he got a little quick pass and he finished the layup. So Danny Green gave them a shot in the arm and also Pascal. I mean, oh my God, this was I'm kind of bearing the lead here, but like Pascal was just phenomenal and he really stepped up in that third quarter as soon as the Magic took a one point lead off of Vucevic's three, which again is huge momentum shifting play gets the crowd in, everyone's super hype. Vucevic is finally playing well. If, you know, they, they it looks like they're gonna go two one in the series. They're, they clearly have the Raptors on in their sights. And then Pascal comes right down. They swing it to him in the corner. It's not even necessarily that open of a three, but he just confidently rises up, knocks down the three. Um, and, you know, just th- throughout the end of that third quarter, when it really looked like momentum was going to shift towards the Magic, the Raptors close out that quarter super strong because of Danny and also because of Pascal. Pascal just abusing Terrence Ross in the post. Got him just, like, off his feet with a fake. Like, Damar S footwork in the post. I'm serious. And... um you know, Pascal was just such a, you know, I mean, obviously scoring in transition, the usual Pascal stuff, doing a lot of great stuff. And also, Raptors defensively in the, the second half of the third quarter really locked the Magic down, held them to six minutes without a field goal. Um, and so the Raptors had a comfortable lead. And then even in the fourth quarter, I was sort of worried that the bench wouldn't, you know, really be able to hold the lead. Uh, you know, Serge hadn't been playing that well, but Serge knocks down a pair of mid-range jumpers. Norm comes in, gives him a layup, and hits a three. And you're thinking, like, man, this is great. Kyle Lowry hits, like, a step-back crossover, like, 28-footer uh, to get the Raptors a 17-point edge. And I'm thinking, like, man, you know, I can't believe the Raptors pulled it out. But <laughs> that's when uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, this is sort of prototypical of the Raptors. That's a little bit unfair. But um, that's when the Raptors started, you know, doing Raptors stuff, which is uh, shooting themselves in the foot. I think, you know, Nick Nurse talked about it in the postgame, too, about how much um, – the Raptors slowed down their offense, tried to chew into the clock, and that just ended them with uh, the Raptors getting one possession, and usually it's a bad shot, and uh, it wasn't going well. And again, this is where I got to circle back to Kawhi because he wasn't he wasn't really doing much. I mean, no, most games, I'm completely cool with Kawhi closing games, and I guess if you want to look at it the other way, it's sort of like, okay, Kawhi still has the confidence despite the fact they had an off night, but like, he had an off night. And so... Um, you know, I would have liked to see the Raptors go somewhere else with the way they closed the game. And um, and the way I was looking at it, too, is especially because the way the Magic uh, were playing it down the stretch, right? Because they were down, 
double digits. They needed offense more than they needed defense to sort of close the gap. And so it, 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 with their starting lineup, they put in Ross instead of uh, Isaac, right? Because Isaac obviously is way better defensively, but Ross is way better offensively. And so they needed to come back, they put Ross on. However, if you put Ross on the floor, the consequence of that is that that means one of um, either Ross or Fournier is guarding Pascal because you need Gordon to guard Kawhi. And so at that point, there's a mismatch. So really, Kawhi has or Kawhi has an okay matchup against Gordon, uh, but Pascal has a definite mismatch against both Ross and Fournier. And so I thought that the offense should have run more through Siakam. Siakam did get the, the ball just you know occasionally in the fourth quarter. He hit a very, very big um, driving play. It was kind of a broken play. You know, Pascal gets in the corner. The, the Magic closed out on him pretty good. And it's like four seconds left. He's in the corner. I'm thinking this is not going to go well. But then he like drives to the middle and throw, throws up a little short floater, rises up over Fournier. Fournier is just not a good player. Like I'm sorry, he's just not a good player. But um, yeah, Pascal drives past Fournier and throws up a little uh, floater. That's that that shot was about a minute thirty left in the fourth quarter. They gave the Raptors a six point advantage. Gives the Raptors a little bit more breathing room because the Magic had to be making this crazy comeback. And and yeah, ultimately it came down to you know. Um, a one possession game. Terrence Ross just went crazy down the stretch. Uh, you know, he was hitting some very, very confident threes. The Raptors also just defensively, you know, they got to really work on it. But late in games, they got to come out to the perimeter. The bigs, I'm talking about Serge Ibaka and Marcus. So I'm looking over the tape right now. Both of them made a lot of defensive gaps in terms of just um, not stepping up higher to challenge Terrence. And it was also on the guards, too. Obviously, you can't let Terrence get too much separation, but. You know, Terrence getting these open threes uh, and, and, and hitting them as well. Also getting a steal and going the other way for a layup. I mean, you know, it was it was really, really hairy there for a moment. And again, it, it was the situation was made worse by the fact that Kawhi, on a clearly, on a night where he had an off night, insisted on sort of taking the hero ball shots. Um, and ordinarily, I wouldn't get on him because, again, if he's fully capable, he's fully healthy, whatever, it's fine. Like, if he's not under the weather, yeah, by all means, go ahead and take those shots. But, um, but yeah, I mean, today, like, like there's one possession where a, a key play, that's a three-point game. Uh, the Raptors had a two-for-one opportunity, by the way. They had the ball, like, 43, 44 seconds. And so, you know, a lot of times, you want to take a slightly quicker shot just so that you can get the ball back after the Magic used their possession, right? But instead, you know, Kawhi decides to dribble it out. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. So it's like under 27 seconds. And then the play he ultimately gets is like he takes Gordon one-on-one and then pulls up, and it's a contested jumper. He had no chance of going in. And really, the Raptors got lucky because the Magic were looking to break the other way. And so they had pretty much everybody out of the paint. And somehow it was, you know, just you got to credit Kyle Lowry just because he has such a nose for the ball. But uh, he beats out three Magic defenders on this long rebound off Kawhi's jumper to get the offensive rebound. He gets it, he gets it to Danny in the corner. Danny gets it back to Kawhi. Kawhi gets fouled intentionally. He knocks down both free throws. And that ends up icing the game. But seriously, that was a very, very scary moment because the Magic were really going to have numbers going the other way, especially if Kyle didn't get that rebound. they would The Raptors' four bounds would have been terrible. And Terrence honestly looked like he was for sure going to hit a three. And so... um. You know, Kyle Lowry ends up bailing the Raptors out. You know, Pascal ends up bailing the Raptors out. And, uh, and yeah, the Raptors survive. You know, like, again, like, really poor officiating sort of allowed the Magic to really make a push. You know, Vucevic really got free. Again, that's, you chalked it up to poor officiating. But I think this game is going to be great for his confidence because he finally played, like, you know, literally to his potential tonight. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, you know, Kawhi didn't 
have it like at all. This is one of his worst games of the season, and so if he was sick, I guess that explains it. But still, the way he sort of went about it, adjusting and stuff like that, it wasn't great. Um, but you know, the Raptors made enough plays, and I think this is where it comes down to execution, right? Like, um, you know, what ultimately allowed the Raptors to win this game was things like taking care of the ball. Uh, you know, the Raptors still made a, their fair share of mistakes, but the Magic, they just had so many turnovers, um, 16 turnovers. And this is a team that doesn't really turn over, but the Raptors have been really aggressive with their defense. They've been really trying to force these turnovers so they can get out and transition. And, uh, you know, the Magic, 16 turnovers, the Raptors, 13. I mean, the team with more turnovers has lost all three games so far in the series. It's really been a key factor here. Um Another key factor, obviously, is that rebound. I mean, seriously, a lot of these games just come down to one play. Kyle Lowry ends up getting his lone offensive rebound in the most important time, and he gets that. And you know, this is just how playoffs games are. Like they're they're very tight margins. And Kyle uh, ended up coming with a huge play for the Raptors, and so you know, I'm, I'm sure the Magic will look at it as sort of an opportunity loss. Again, they had every advantage, man, every advantage. All the foul calls are in their favor. The, the way it was officiated was in their favor. Like, the, the Magic were allowed to do anything they wanted at the rim. Like, early in the game, like, Jonathan Isaac literally looked like prime Kevin Garnett because he was just able to, like, um, body Kawad and he shot layup around the rim, and it was just sort of like, it just wasn't called. Any body contact wasn't called. It was just sort of called up top. And whether or not, you know, you rake an arm or something. And even when Kawhi got manhandled, he still wasn't getting free throws. It was honestly jarring. And I'm a little bit surprised, you know, Nick Nurse didn't really tear into that and sort of pointed out um, in the post game. I guess he was tired or whatever. I mean, he, you know, his voice was Dwayne Casey level hoarse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the Raptors found a way to win. And so, you know, obviously very important game. The Raptors now have a 2-1 series lead. In terms of your three stars, number one, obviously Pascal. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 13 to 20 shooting, 3 of 4 from deep. Only one free throw, despite the fact he was attacking the rim a lot. You know, whatever. No, Nobody in the Raptors apparently can shoot a free throw. you got to give all the advantages to the Orlando. That's cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Pascal didn't need it, man. He just, you know, he plays through contact. I mean, it was kind of funny in retrospect because, you know, if I was really worried about you know, the season series. Pascal had such a hard time with Isaac. You know, he was averaging, like, eight points a game in, in the series. And, and really it was like six points a game when you take out the first game and stuff. So like, it was like, man, is Pascal going to be able to score? Man, <laughs> why are we worried about Pascal? He had 24 points a game, one 19 in game two. And now he had 30. It, it seems ridiculous to worry about Pascal, you know, like, um, he's, you know, he's, he's been incredible and he's been every bit the second option. Um, for the Raptors, it was a funny moment where I, I, I forget who it was, and I don't really want to expose whatever, but it was like somebody on the Magic side in terms of the reporter pool. And uh, before the game, you know, he asked Nick Nurse about Pascal and you know him being the third option, things like that. And then Nick just kind of looked at him and was like, "You know, the man's our second option, right?" And sort of like the 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 media room laughed, and you know, Nick was good about it. You know, he answered the question and stuff like that. But that yeah seriously like i think that's kind of indicative of the fact that people don't really know um you know how good pascal truly is they know he's improved but unless you've watched a lot of these raptors games you might not know but now you'll know man and and for me personally like you know pascal obviously was the best player on the floor for the raptors tonight uh both offensive and defensively the fact that he's guarding like all five positions is just crazy to me like he literally spends shifts on augustine on fournier on isaac on gordon Vucevic, everybody like he guards every terrence ross everybody um, but, uh, you know, I think when I see games like this from Pascal, like, I'm just wondering, like, this is not the, you know, P- uh, Pascal Siakam game. Like, it's going to be the DJ Augustine game from game one. But, um, 
no, this is the first of many for Pascal, so I'm, I'm really excited for him. Obviously, it was great tonight. Raptors don't win this very pivotal game without him tonight. Really ugly game, and Pascal kind of really thrives in those. Second star, I'm going to have to Kyle. Um, you know, the way he stepped up just with that key rebound. I mean, everything else, like, you know, he was still a very good all-around contributor. 12 points. A lot of them he created on his own, too, which is uh, really nice to see. Um, you know, the Raptors really did need a couple of bailout kind of shots. Uh, the Magic's defense was pretty stingy tonight. And so Kyle being able to get to the rim a couple of times, him getting that little step-back jumper off, I mean, you know, it's it's vital. This is why you can't score zero points, right? Because, like, those the, the 10, 12 points that Kyle normally scores, like, those are very important. And so that was important. But Kyle gets 10 assists, gets to five rebounds. Obviously, that really important one. Gets a steal, a block, plus eight in 40 minutes. Um, you know, just great stuff from Kyle overall. And then third star, I'm going to give that to uh, Danny Green. Uh, you know, as I described earlier, um, you know, him in that third quarter really gave the Raptors a huge boost when the Raptors needed it. Uh, he ultimately finishes with 13 points, two assists, a steal, a block, five eleven shooting, three of seven from deep. He finally gets going a little bit from deep because he did go scoreless, um, in game two from three. And so, you know, it, it's, it's you know, Danny's obviously a dependent player. You know, he's always going to get open. It's just whether or not the Raptors can, you know, find him with those passes. And today he got open. He got a lot of baskets. But I also like that he mixed up his game a little bit too, going for that putback, going for that baseline cut. And, again, it's just, you know, it's nice that the Raptors have a player like Danny who doesn't freak out when the, the games get tough. You know, you, you kind of need that you know, calm and presence. And I think when the Magic were making the push in the third quarter, Danny stepped up and, uh, you know, along with Pascal and, you know, they carried the Raptors. So, uh, you know, just overall impressions, you know, it was fun. Um, again, the, the Magic Arena is, is very nice, actually. Amway Center is really nice. Uh, all the sightlines are pretty nice. Um, I would say their in-ops, in-game production was a little bit over the top. I'm serious. It's like twice as loud as Scotiabank in there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, pretty enjoyable experience. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that has to be Terrence Ross for a second straight game. Terrence was incredible tonight, man. 24 points in 32 minutes, 8 of 17 shooting, 5 of 13 from deep. Got three free throws. Doesn't really do much else. Doesn't really need to do much else. Terrence is on the floor to score, and man, this guy is hard to cover. Like, he's just hard to cover. He's annoying to cover. Um, I thought, uh, Steve Clifford stumbled into something, uh, late in the game where Terrence was coming off all these screens and, like, um, especially against guys like Gasol and Ibaka, like those guys, especially late in the games, they're kind of become more conservative. They want to stay close to the rim. Their instinct, obviously, is always as a center to protect the basket. But um, Ross coming around those little uh, handoffs or whatever, and he's going to his right and stuff. I mean, he can just stop on a dime and elevate off the dribble handoff, and it, it's super hard to guard, especially if the center is not up to uh, contest and show help. And so um, Ross is great tonight, man. Seriously, it's 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 almost kind of amazing to me how much Ross has sort of grown and how much confidence he has now. I remember there was like you know during his years with the Raptors, he just never had the confidence to do all this stuff. But he's scary. He's being fully empowered. Um, he's being really decisive. He's being really quick with his movements, and he's being um, again really aggressive. Like the fact that he's willing to take thirteen threes in a game is uh, you know. It's good. I'm I'm really happy to see Terrence Ross in this portion of his career, and and you know I wasn't happy when he was launching this comeback against the Raptors, but you know, T. Ross always seems like a great guy. All the Raptors love him and stuff. So, um, 24 points tonight against his former team. That was great. And then the Patrick Patterson Award, um, for the underperforming Raptors player. 
Unfortunately, I got to give that to Fred Van Vliet. Now, Surge was really in contention for it early, but, uh, I mean, just look at the plus minuses here, all right? Everybody was, you know, pretty even. Like, the lowest on the team was, like, Ibaka at plus zero. You know, I guess that's not plus or minus. It's just zero. Um, Kawhi plus one. You know, Norman Powell plus two. You know, Mark plus five, things like that. It's like, okay, yes, that makes sense. It's a close game. Fred Van Vliet was a minus 11 in 24 minutes in a game where the Raptors won by five. So... You know, that means in the 24 minutes without Fred Van Vliet on the floor, the Raptors won those minutes by 16 points. Um, and, you know, that's not entirely on Fred. But I just think that the way he's distributed the ball hasn't really been very good. Um, you know, he's had decent games of individual scoring. I'm thinking about game one in particular. But um, for the most part, I don't really feel like the offense has been run really well when he's out there. Um, he hasn't really made the right passes. Today, he did try to make that little pocket pass to surge. He got picked off. I think Terrence went the other way for an and one. And... Um, yeah, he has eight assists so far in the series in like eighty something minutes. This is just this is just not good enough. Period. Like or like seventy something minutes. It's just not good enough. Um, I think he needs to distribute a little bit more. But it's also hard enough for him in the series because again, he's constantly getting guarded by way bigger players, and um, that's the thing we see. It small guards always struggle in the playoffs. And uh, but uh, I think the Raptors also kind of make the problem worse too. It's something that um, you know Daniel Hackett, a, a very popular uh, Raptors Twitter guy, kind of an essential follow, um, but. Uh, you know, Dan was pointing out how, yeah, I mean, like, if Van Vliet's struggling like this, like, why are you running so much of the offense through Fred? Why are you letting him run the offense? Especially when him and Kyle are both on the floor at the same time. You know, Kyle is aggressive as a scorer when he wants to be, but for the most part, he's way better distributing. And Fred is way better, definitely way better, just, you know, spotting up around, uh, off the ball. So it doesn't really quite make sense for Van Vliet to run the the plays and to initiate while, while Kyle's on the floor with him, but... Well, for the most part, you know, Van Vliet just has to do a better job. He has to make quicker reads. He's be more decisive, um, you know, especially – and he has to vary his looks, you know. Like, when he runs these pick-and-rolls with Ibaka, right, which is supposed to be the main play off the bench, like, they just never connect on it. And a couple of times when, when you know, Van Vliet and Ibaka are able to stretch the defense such that they force a switch. So, you know, Ken Birch is on uh, Van Vliet and, and, you know, whoever, you know, Michael Harden Williams is on Serge Ibaka and stuff. Like, I don't necessarily want to play through Ibaka in the post, but if you get the ball into Ibaka in the post, maybe the magic double, and then all of a sudden there's an open shot somewhere, and it's easier offense than Fred just trying to take a seven foot off the dribble. Like, it's just, you know, it's 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 uh it's it's hard to watch sometimes. But um, I don't know. I think Fred's a smart player. So I think he'll just bounce back. I think ultimately the way for him to bounce back is just to fall back, like literally just become more of a facilitator than a scorer. Um, because in this series, it's not going to be easy for him to score. He's going up against MCW. MCW has like six inches on him, man. So it's 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 not going to be easy. So that does it for game three. Again, uh, pretty exciting game, all things considered. I'm very obviously relieved that the Raptors won, but I think the Raptors kind of generally outplay the Magic. Um, it's one of those things where uh, you know talent ends up winning out, right? I mean, like if the Magic, you know, if their leading scorer, if Vucevic has a tough game, then they're going to have a tough game. But you know, uh, you know, Kawhi is a terrible game, and you know, all of a sudden you got Pascal scoring thirty, and he carries the team, and that's just that's just talent. And I, I, again, you know, that's why you need two stars, at least two stars, to uh, go deep in the playoffs because selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You know, there's always been random nights where your main guy doesn't really have it going, and if it was for Pascal, this game would have been really ugly, but uh, Pascal bails them out. So thanks for listening. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so look out for all the post-game coverage on Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, I'm going to have a piece coming out tomorrow on Pascal's performance, so you could check that out. It's going to have an accompanying video uh, portion to it as well. Uh, I think a lot of uh, players had uh, great things to say. Uh, about Pascal's performance, so look definitely look out for that. Again, that's on Yahoo Sports Canada, and uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening to Raptors of Everything, and uh, I'll be back after Game Four. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.